You sure are. It is the Monday night edition. Welcome. Good to have you along here. If you haven't joined us before, Monday night, Wednesday night, the weekend shows, and of course, Employment Hour at 30 on Global TV and CTV on your weekend mornings. Dave Vaughn is in the chair tonight answering all of your questions. The phone lines, look at that, already open, ready for you. It is a live call-in show, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You have questions about your job, your employment, severance. Maybe you are an employer. You have questions about uh, anything to do with your staff, or maybe you've just been let go or thinking it might happen. You want to clear up some uh, some questions that are looming. Maybe you got some bad advice from a neighbor or a friend, or you don't know it's bad advice until we tell you it is, but you'll find out. Spoiler alert, it is bad advice, so feel free to call in. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. The most common questions Dave gets asked at the firm, basically on a daily, if not weekly basis. That is on the way. First, though, pal, we get to the uh, the week that was. How was it? Yeah, the uh, first situation I want to talk about is a uh, constructive dismissal case I uh, resolved mm. recently. And uh, most times we talk about constructive dismissal, it's either a demotion or a cut in pay or uh, potentially cut in hours. Um, and those ones are very uh, easy to analyze just in the sense that, you know, if they're cutting your pay by 5%, 10%, it's going to be a constructive dismissal. There's not much debate about that. Yeah. If they're demoting you, um, if they're you know, bring, uh, making you go from a director to a uh, supervisor, that's going to be a constructive dismissal in most circumstances. Those are pretty easy to analyze. This one was a bit more difficult. It was a change in the work location. So the company switched uh, their offices from uh, the Burlington area over to the other side of the GTA in uh, Oshawa. And my client lived in okay. Burlington. So for the last eight years, drove to Berlin, drove to the office in Burlington, 15-minute drive. This would have added uh, probably another hour to her, uh, to her commute. And Oof. what made it even worse was that um, she has to pick up her kids at the end of the day uh, after school. So there was also a child care uh, issue there that... This commute, even if she, you know, was it was considered reasonable to make her commute that much more, um, it, she wouldn't have been able to due to her uh, her obligations to pick up her kids. Um, so in that circumstances, this was an easy decision for me. This was definitely a constructive dismissal, right. and she was entitled. You know, she was allowed to turn down the job and and get a severance package, and um, and we were able to get her that um, at a mediation. Now, the. Uh, the, what this basically shows is just the the con how important context is when analyzing a constructive dismissal, because what can be a constructive dismissal for one person may not be for another, even though it's the same type okay. of change happening. If another person you know worked in uh, or, or lived in um, you know Pickering and had always been commuting to Burlington, yet they make the the uh, the you know the, the commute easier or quicker, that's not going to be a constructive dismissal. Right in that in that circumstance, so a lot of the time it does matter about the the circumstances and the individual circumstances faced by someone. And this one was even, um, in addition to the the additional, uh, you know, uh, commuting time. The huge issue here was the fact that it did um, conflict with their childcare obligation. So some people may not have that, and it may not be a constructive dismissal. But in this case, it clearly was because it was a huge increase in her commute, and she was unable to do it because of those uh, childcare obligations. That's under family status, right? You've got a lot of a uh, lot of pull when it comes to that, no? Yeah, that's right, and that's a recognized uh, ground under the Human Rights Code uh, for protection. Right. So, um, you know, I've seen cases where uh, a company changes the schedule, uh, the hours of work by half an hour or an hour, and you know, for many people, they that may not be an issue. You may actually have to accept that change as a way, yeah. uh, you know, as part of the employer's right to uh, modify, um, you know, make minor changes to the workplace. 
but I've sure. had cases where the, where uh, a parent has uh, says, you know, I know it's only a half an hour, but that's the time I need to go get, you know, pick up my children from yep. from school. And I rely on that. And there's nothing I can do, uh, you know, if you make this change. And so what would be a, you know, a, um, a constructive dismissal for one person is not necessarily for another. Um, in terms of uh, the lessons to take from this, uh, for your, if you're an employer, when you're making changes in the workplace, even changes that may seem you know, that you should have the right to do, like change, you know, with the work location of where you operate. Like sure. It was just a lease issue. They weren't trying to do anything wrong. Um, it was just where their uh, their lease was. Um, you know, you have to consider that. You have to consider the impact that will have on people uh, in, in the workplace. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. If you have questions about that or anything else having to do with your job, your employment, or the workplace in general, feel free to call. Lines are open. What else you got uh, happening for the week that was, pal? Yeah, another one I want to talk about was uh, a pretty straightforward uh, wrongful dismissal case. Um, it was just really about the notice period. Uh, the individual had six years of service, uh, mid-40s, and uh, was a laborer, and uh, let go. And in a case like that, uh, it's probably a six-month notice period. Um, and uh, he was offered three months by the company, which uh, right off the bat is wow. not good enough. But uh, he, he actually suffered an injury, that, not at work. This happened like a week or two after the termination and injured his knee. And um, okay. just in his role, he, he did need, you know, in the types of jobs he was applying for, he needed to be able to, uh, you know, do heavy lifting and stuff like that. So for the time being, he's actually, he was actually unable to do that type of stuff. So it severely right. impacted his ability to find a new job just because um, he's not going to be able to go out and just get another job um, because he has this medical note, he has this medical condition. So um, sure. what this shows is, I mean, right off the bat, the three months wasn't good enough, but um, you know, even uh, a six-month notice period was going to be tough for him um, to, to bridge the gap of unemployment because um, he's not able to, uh, he wasn't able to look for comparable jobs. Um, so he was really put in a tough spot. And uh, we were able to convince the company that that should be reflected in the notice period, and we were able to get him actually nice. an eight-month an eight severance package, which gave him a bit more time to find a comparable job and allow his knee to heal. Uh, severance Pay Calculator, severancepaycalculator.com. You want to go there anytime your severance is in doubt, which is basically anytime you get a severance letter outlining how much you were owed, right? I think uh, it's, it's, it's well known by now after, what, six-plus years that uh, the firm has had this thing in action and over half a million people have used it, that you wouldn't go anywhere other than maybe calling you or Lior and uh, check out the severance pay calculator first, right? Yeah, it's a great tool to use and you just go online and you type in your uh, age, position, and uh, years of service and the uh, calculator will give you an estimate of your severance entitlement. But um, it's also important to give us a call and discuss the situation because yeah. uh, the, last, like, you know, the last example I had, the last uh, situation uh, we were just discussing, that's a situation where the severance calculator doesn't accurately um, capture the the full extent of your severance because they're good, right. all that's looking at is the age, years of service, and position. But something such as a, a medical issue, um, you know, an mm-hmm. ongoing medical issue, actually can increase that severance package um, and increase the amount you're owed beyond what the severance calculator or, or you know um, someone may tell you with just looking at your uh, your age, years right. of service, and position. Uh, another example that uh, that we'd have to talk to you about and review your uh, contract. And the in the uh, termination letters, are they tr- is the employer trying to rely on a uh, a non compete? Because that right. could if you know I've seen cases where the person should probably get you know around six months, but there's a non compete that the employer's relying on that's actually a twelve month non compete, which effectively prevents the person from finding work during that time. Which um, you, you definitely should not be signing a severance package if there's a non compete that's preventing you from you know finding work. 
Tis a good leap off point, though. one 821 5900 By the way, you want to contact Dave when the show's uh, not on and uh, discuss further. But uh, for the purpose of this show tonight, right till, uh, you know, the end of it, 8 o'clock, it's 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. In that regard, we'll get to uh, to Ian. Hey, Ian, thanks for uh, for hanging on. How are you? Good, yourself? Good. What's, uh, what's going on with you? Good. So it's uh, regarding my daughter-in-law. She's uh, 21. Um, she's uh, been working for this medical office since last October, so about uh, 17 months now. Um, she's going back to school in September, uh, hopefully taking a nursing course. And the employer that she works for, uh, there's two doctors, uh, and in that office, she has, uh, they have two businesses that run out of that office. So the way they do it is they pay her from those both those uh, office or both those companies they pay her uh, uh, they make her work 47 hours a week but they've split up the time between the two companies so that they don't have to pay overtime after 44 hours and they're just underneath the one hour uh, 48 maximum 48 um, and then also they only pay her stat day one company pays her stat day on her stat day and not the other company doesn't pay stat day Right, so they're trying to get around some of the uh, basic uh, Employment Standards Act protections exactly. um, by um, separating the employer. And I assume she's doing the same, basically doing the same job for both. She's just, uh, it's not like she's going to a different location or anything, right? No, it's right out of the same same uh, desk. Uh, same desk she's sitting at, yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The, uh, the Act protect, protects against that, so um, yeah. she should uh, give us a call and uh, we can go through um, you know, what she can do. Um, you know, from a more, um, you know, how to handle that moving forward. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that she's dealing with, uh, she, she has a contract with them and they are, uh, requesting four weeks notice, uh, for termination. Um, she, for her, her, just, uh, for her to resign. Yeah. Resign or, or the less, uh, it's, I think it's on the contract four weeks or greater or, by law, which I thought the law was two weeks' uh, notice. You're, you're talking about, like, the, the amount of uh, time she gives in terms of the resignation? No, well, the amount of time she has to give if she's going to leave her job. Yeah, so if she's resigning? Not- yes, notice of, notice of resign, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, generally, if the contract states, you know, a, a specific time frame, uh, you should get it. Uh, you should give that amount. So if it says two weeks or four weeks, um, okay. the employee should give that amount. Right. Um, and, you know, that's done because they put that in there. There's a contractual agreement to prevent any damages from arising if she doesn't, you know, give appropriate notice and they can't hire someone, right? So, sure, right. Yeah. So uh, she has given, he was, she was forced today to give a notice of resignation <sighs> in, in, in the office in front of a room full of clients, uh, uh, patients that were waiting to get into the doctor's office. And she has given her notice for uh, August 29th because she's going back to school in September. So I don't know what his issue was because she's given him five months' notice instead of four weeks. So I just don't see where this guy's coming from. So, so how did they make? How did they force her to give the uh, notice? Right. He stood over her today and told her to write a re- resignation letter. Uh-huh. Okay. So she said, "I'm resigning as of August 29th." She told him that probably a month ago that she was going back to school in August, and all of a sudden now he's got in an uproar and forced her to 
this morning to make a resignation or to, to resign notice letter. Okay. And are they letting her work until August 29th? I don't know because that all happened this morning. So okay, yeah. So I mean, if they let her work until August 29th, that uh, you know, there's no issues there. Right. Um, right. Yeah. You know, if they try to go ahead and, and let her go before then, then you know, it's a termination, and that's she should right. get severance pay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So right. if that's the, the uh, that's the position they take, that's the route they want to go. Yeah. Um, tell her to uh, give us a call, and we can help her uh, you know, analyze her severance entitlements. So the way I the other thing is an issue is it's. Uh, quite um, not a good environment, I don't think, right now for her. What does she do for the next five months if he's going to be abusive with her? Well, if, um, you know, if an employer is you know, abusing or harassing an employee, um, you know, obviously they, they have no right to do that, and the employee doesn't have to you know, deal with that or, or go through that. Correct. And that can amount to a constructive dismissal and allow her right. to resign you know, effective immediately and, and treat right. her employment as having been terminated and get uh, severance pay. Yeah. Um, that would have to amount to harassment and, and bullying um, in yeah. a poison work environment. So yeah. what, are the, you know, what type of stuff is she uh, dealing with? Well, first thing this morning, he yelling at her in front of a room full of patients is is not acceptable in my eyes right off the hop. So it, it, that's probably not acceptable or it, it wouldn't be acceptable, but I, I don't think, you know, one instance like that would amount yeah. to uh, constructive right. dismissal. So okay. um, it would really just depend on, um, you know, the extent of it and, and you right. know, what, what's, what's happened. Yeah. So does she have the right to look at him and say she's only going to work the 44 hours a week if he's not going to pay her overtime for the 47? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. She she can she should enforce her rights under the uh, the Employment yeah. Standards Act, and she can yeah. you know, contact the ministry about that or give a, uh, give us a call. Ian, appreciate the uh, call. Going to let you go. You want to reach out afterwards to Dave, the rest of the team. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We'll take a short break here as we are uh, coming out swinging. The uh, lines are open for you as well. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. It's Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio. Dave Vaughn at the helm tonight. Your calls four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. You want to reach out by email. That is also a uh, possibility open to you. And that one is help at employmenthour.com. Most common questions you get, uh, basically, almost I wouldn't say hourly or daily, but possibly on a weekly basis. Dave, we're going to go through some of these and expand on them as we uh, get some calls lined up here. Uh, first one: I didn't do anything wrong. Can my employer terminate my employment? Yeah, this one uh, is number one for a reason on our list yeah. um, that we're going yep. through because uh, you know it's a really common one, and I understand why. Um, you know, people get let go, and uh, you know they weren't provided with a reason, and it's um, it's frustrating, right? And you know, I actually I, I make it very uh, you know, clear. I try to make it very clear to the uh, to my clients that um, if it's a without cause termination, uh, you know, the employer does not need a reason to let you go. Right. And um, they just have to provide you with an appropriate severance package. And, um, you know, it's, it is tough because the, it doesn't matter how many times I you know, highlight that or emphasize that. Uh, my, you know, my clients understandably are always looking for an answer. Yeah, of course. Looking for a reason. Of and, um, you know, even, you know, you get to, get to a mediation, you've been through the process for a couple months. Um, it, you know, my clients are still asking, like, you know, I, you know it still frustrates me. I, I didn't get a reason. And, uh, you know, there, there's nothing we can do about that. We can't change that. Um, you know, the, the just like you're allowed to work wherever you want and, um, you know, you can quit your job whenever you want. You can, um, you know, decide who do you work for. Employers are allowed to decide who they have working for them. Um, and, you know, they can basically let you go for any reason they want other than, um, you know, for, if uh, it's a human rights violation. Um, but uh, they can let you go for whatever reason they want. Uh, they just have to provide severance pay. 
It's an interesting way to look at it. You know, you're allowed to work freely and quit freely, so the employer enjoys some of those uh, some of those benefits on their end too. It's an interesting way to uh, to look at it. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. Get to uh, to Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. Good afternoon, or at least good evening. How are you, pal? You good yourself? Good. What's uh, what's going on in your world? So I'm calling on uh, behalf of my mom. So hopefully I get enough of the details or information to help you kind of give me a reasonable answer. So my mom has worked in the mental health field for um, the past 50 years um, for a major hospital within the Durham region, so I won't name them. Um, She was offered an early retirement at 30 years and then was offered a part-time employment, which she has worked in the community for the same hospital for the last 20 years and six months. So um, as I understand it, a third-party company or organization comes in and runs this program for um, the mentally ill patients that my mom works with and has since kind of uh, uprooted this program and my mom was advised that her services are no longer required not by the, the, the governing body but by I guess the person that she directly uh, reports to and mm-hmm. uh, it was a verbal just don't show up for work there was no official termination uh, letters sent to her, um, and she kind of uses this money to, you know, go on cruises. She's contributed to, to community for 50-plus years now, and I'm just wondering if she has any rights. That's a very, uh, very interesting situation. Uh, so she had 30 years of service. She accepts an early retirement package, and so they've, they pay her, they've paid her, the hospital's paid her, or the uh, health uh, care facility. She then takes on another job with a, is it a related organization? Yep so, yep, so this hospital would oversee the program. However, it's funded by a third-party community agency, essentially. Okay. Um, and that's what she's been doing for the last 20-plus years. 20, wow, and okay. She's told just, and this was, this was, you know, it wasn't don't report because they're they're taking the onus upon themselves to tell her. It was she had heard you know, this, this kind of, uh, the funding had, uh, been, uh, pulled out and she made the inquiries and it was like, Oh, by the way, don't show up for work on X, Y, Z. And now she's missed like four shifts. And I mean, she just does it for the, for the patients. That's it. Right. But how I, many hours of work, that. how many hours a week is she working? So I, I, I think she's in there about three days a week. And I would say on average, maybe 15 hours a week. Okay, so yeah, it's a legitimate, um, you know, part-time job. Pretty uh, standard hours for a part-time job. There'd right. be no question, you know, that she's an employee and and would be entitled to severance pay. Um, it would be based because she's been paid out for the thirty years. Would be based on the twenty. Correct. Um, and you know who who owes her that severance pay will uh, just depend on who the employer is. Um, okay. And the best way to find that out would likely be the T four as or the record of employment. Okay. Um, and that's kind of a and now. Also, it seems like there's a bit of an issue here on whether she's been terminated or whether they just maybe there's a slowdown in work. So I think she'd want to get get to the bottom of that as well. Yeah, and that's what I've suggested is her contact essentially the the case manager who hasn't even reached out and advised her not to show up for work. This is a third yeah. person that has told her not to show up for work and. As I would she understand it that's that her employment has been terminated. Right. So what I would have her uh, do and assist her with that is just draft an email to uh, to that individual and summarize what's happened. Yeah. Which and, which I have, which I have suggested. So yeah, and uh, summarize what's happened, and then just ask for 
you know, ask for clarity in terms of what's happening moving forward. Excellent. I left my contact information with uh, with a call taker, so I'm looking forward to speaking with you after. That'd be great. Nicely done, Jeremy. And uh, again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number for you to reach out on your end. Help at employmenthour.com through emails. Well, for you, plenty of time to call through. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. That is exactly how we do it and handle it here. On the Employment Hour, getting to uh, to Jerry this time. Hi, Jerry. Good evening. Hi, how are you doing? Good, sir. What's going on with you? Uh, just a couple of questions from the employer perspective. Uh, yes. If the employee uh, turns in the resignation with a two-week notice, under um, normal circumstances, I would probably honor that and uh, either have them you know, continue working for two weeks. If I felt it was better not to have them around, I will just pay the two weeks and not require them to show up for work. Uh, the question would be, what happens if someone hands in the resignation that's uh, a much longer duration and they supposedly or maybe really trying to do a favor and saying i'm leaving in two months uh what's the employer's obligation in those circumstances that's a great uh, great question yeah and um one that uh i see come up quite a bit um and the obligation basically what you're if you don't honor it you're essentially terminating the employment relationship Okay, so um, if someone says, you know, in two months I'm uh, I'm resigning, they can't get more severance than that um, unless they're entitled to more under the Employment Standards Act. Um, but um, if you if you let them go, all you have to pay them is the severance pay they would otherwise be owed, um, as if it's a normal termination. So, just by way of an example, what's the years of service of this individual? I'm sorry. Like how many years of service does this individual have? Oh, it's it, it's not a real situation. I'm just thinking forward. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, um, you're one, you, you can honor it. And you can say you can work out the two months. Um, and uh, let's say you uh, this person had two years of service and you had a, um Employment Standards Act termination provision. Well, you could let them go and only give them two weeks of termination severance pay. Okay. Um, because if their contract's limited to that under the Employment Standards Act, if their common law entitlements are, let's say, um, you know, a month, then all they would get would be a month. It's just a normal termination. And uh, the way I always uh, conceptualize this is, if I told my boss, you know, I'm going to quit in two years, well, I, that doesn't guarantee me two years of severance pay if you let me go before then. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that, that's how uh, that's generally how it works. It, it's okay. just a termination. All right. right. Thank you. Very All right. Much. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate the call. You want to uh, talk a little further uh, when we're not on one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number. It is help at employmenthour dot com. And as we always like to mention, whenever you're looking at severance offer, whether you're an employee or an employer uh, for that mode uh, for that to matter, because there is an employer mode on the severance pay calculator. First place you want to consult, and then, of course, always follow up. With a uh, a nice phone call, got to Joseph on the line. Hey, Joseph, good evening. How are you? Oh, hi. How are you doing? We are fantastic. What's going on with you? Okay, uh, we got a sort of severance uh, package a couple of years back, uh, and they offered us you can take all your severance at this time, or you can take it out when it's more convenient for you. And after that, there's no more severance. So I was just wondering uh, if you're still working, like three, four years after the fact, shouldn't you get a severance for that time or? Yeah, absolutely. So you were like, what were you? How long have you been there? It's going to be too long. <laughs> it's uh. going to be thirty years in December. 
Wow. Yeah. Good for you. 30 years. And, and how old are you? Uh, that's not old. Uh, pro- 59. 59. 59, okay. Yeah, yeah. And what type of job? It's a government sort of job. Okay. So what you're saying is a couple of years ago they, they gave you a, a severance offer that you signed? Yeah, they quit the severance, uh, whole severance package thing, and they said, okay, you can take your money out now, or you can take it out whenever it's convenient, but we're not giving you any more severance after the fact, even if you are working. Okay, now they're, they're definitely not uh, permitted to do that. Are you, you sure it's not a pension that you're dealing yeah. with? No, I was just thinking, like, if someone came in, if they cut the severance option out, someone just started working a year after that, and they've been working for three years or something, wouldn't they get some kind of severance? According, No, I've been listening to your program and that. Yeah, they even you, some. I mean, you can't, um, you know, the whole purpose of severance is it, it's owed upon termination. So an employer can't, um, you know, give someone, uh, you know, money during the employment relationship and have the person, you know, sign away their future severance entitlements. That's that's not how yeah, it works. You can at work all. another ten years, and you're not getting nothing for ten years of work, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, are you sure it wasn't their pension that they were? No, no it was severance because really? they wanted uh, the government wanted to cut that out, so they don't have nothing to do with it, so they get rid of you, sort of like that. Now wait. Okay. Well, I mean, in, unless I'm, uh, you know, there's something very unique about this situation. Um, you know, you can't. They can't get rid of the severance um, that they owe people under the law. I mean, you're you're owed that severance. It's based on your age, years of service, and position, and it's not owed to you in, until the the date of termination. Yeah, but they, because they wanted to sort of get rid of the whole severance. Well, they're not allowed to do that. That's what I'm saying. Though. They they just can't do that. I, I see what you're saying, but. Um, <laughs> Still can't do it. Is there a law? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, that's what I'm asking. You. I'm very, very curious to read that letter. Uh, I, I would like to see how they're framing it because um, what you're what you're saying just to me doesn't, um, you know. No, I was th- I was thinking about it because I was listening to the program and then I was thinking to myself, I'm still working. I should get some severance for you. Absolutely time. should and and will if you're let go. Um, you know, I'm again. No, I'd I'm still l- working now. But. That's what I mean. So if you ever are like, um, if right. they do ever terminate right. your employment, you should get a full severance package. The whole point of severance is to bridge the gap of unemployment. Um, so it's not owed and it's not payable in, until you're let go, until you're terminated. Um, so I, I don't know what, what was happening there. I'd be, I'm, like I said, I'm very interested to review that document, though. Um, and that may give us some insight into what's going on here. But um, that does not sound, uh, does not sound uh, like they uh, did that properly. Joseph, if you care to, you can uh, send it along to Dave and contact him at least uh, help at employmenthour.com or 1-855-821-5900. Yeah, it sounds weird that here's all the offers, severance we're going to offer you, and if you stay here for another 20 years, the clock has stopped ticking. That makes yeah, no sense. Yeah, that's, that's not how it works. I mean, if, no. if that's how it did work, you could, at the time you hired someone, you could say, hey, we're going to yeah. give you $500 and you give up all your severance pay. <laughs> 35 years later, here's right. your 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not going to happen that way. Yeah, and it sounds like yeah. Joseph, I mean, with 59 years old, um, 30 years of service i mean he'd yeah. probably be right around 24 months oh yeah he's a two-year um, guy we yeah imagine. so yeah. um to me that uh, i mean I'd, a, I'd like to see the what the package they they offered or paid him is and I, i'd like to see the document because i'm for sure i'm very um confused yep 416-870-6400 star 640 on sale to call in here uh tonight and chat ben good afternoon or good morning uh, good evening how are you pal not bad how are you good man what's uh what's going on in your world I just had a question regarding uh, the project manager in construction. Um, now, I am salaried, so I know I don't get paid overtime. Uh, 
incorrect. Yeah. yeah, salaried employees still get overtime for yep. salary covers up to 44 hours. So okay. even if you're a salaried employee, I'd say that's one of the biggest um, misconceptions. misconceptions. Yeah. yeah. So salary covers time over 44 hours under the Employment Standards Act, up to 44 hours. So even if you're a salaried employee and you're working 48 hours each week, you are owed overtime at time and a half for those extra four hours. Okay, I thought there was an exception for project managers in construction. There can, uh, yeah, there are exceptions, but I just mean generally speaking, salaried employees um, are still entitled to severance. If you're a manager, for example, if you're managing people, um, if, you don't uh, get overtime. And yes, construction also has it separately or has, has different rules. Okay, so I would fall under that category. Yeah, uh, likely. Yeah. So now here's my question: It's now if. I don't get paid the overtime because I fall under that category. Uh, is it okay for my boss to actually schedule items to do outside of my work hours as if it's supposed to be done regularly every week? So what's like, what's the, uh, what's the timing of it? Like for example, dropping in on a project every Saturday or uh, like filling in some kind of report or something like that. No, for, for time that you're not expected to be at work and you're not being paid. Yeah, like it's outside of work hours. Like if I'm, my regular hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Yeah. And then this is something I'm, I have to do as well on Saturday. But since I fall into that uh, unpaid category for overtime, it's like scheduled as if it's something, it's like a regular workday, basically. Right. It's likely not an ESA violation, but are they intro- is this being an introduced like new? Like is this a new thing they're introducing? Yes. Yeah, so that would be, um, I mean, basically a change to your terms of employment. And, um, you know, if you'd never worked weekends before, they can't just expect you to start coming in, you know, going to the project location on Saturdays um, when you've never done that before. Now, I have worked weekends before, but it wasn't, like, scheduled every weekend I'm supposed to do that. Now it's scheduled every weekend I am. Okay, yeah, and, that, and that's fine too. I mean, if the uh, the odd time, uh, you know, you you went in on a weekend to do some stuff, that's fine. But if they're trying to make the change that now every Saturday you have to go um, to this location or you have to come to work, um, that would be um, you know a, a significant change uh, to the terms of employment, and um, you know you may be able to uh, you know resist that. Okay, all right, that's good to know. Um, what I would say is, um, you know, give us a call before. Um, doing anything on that though, just you, you want to make sure uh, you're handling it properly because sometimes people jump the gun um, when changes like that are made, and it's important to be careful uh, because you don't want to be viewed as uh, just you know t- basically quitting. Ben, appreciate the call to reach out, which I'm sure you will. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour dot com. We'll uh, roll on down the line to Peter. Hey, Peter. Good evening. How are you? I have. Two questions. Um, one is sure. with regards to constructive dismissal. So, if the company decides they want to reduce the type of benefits you have, they're not taking them away, but they're reducing them significantly. Is that considered grounds for constructive dismissal? That's a great question. Yeah. I would say in most cases, it's probably not, and uh, a couple reasons why. One, most employment agreements or, or many employment agreements will say in it that they have the right to modify the benefits plan. So you have to be careful because employers are allowed to make certain changes if they have a contractual right to it. So if your employment agreement gives them a right to make changes or modifications to the benefits plan, that would um, would mean it's not a constructive dismissal. Second, a constructive dismissal is what what basically requires a significant change to a fundamental term of employment. 
so the change has to be significant. So it would really depend on you know the, the extent of the change. If they're getting you know reducing your coverage from five hundred bucks to two hundred and fifty dollars for you know um, massages, that's not going to be big enough. Um, so it really would depend on the extent of the change, and I think it would also you know depend on how often you know how much you're using the benefits. So what may not be a constructive dismissal for many people, if someone's very heavily dependent on the benefits because of medical conditions or something like that, that could actually be a constructive dismissal. Okay. So I guess the general, uh, the general, my general view on that is probably not, but depending on the circumstances, it could be. But you'd want to look at the contract of, a, of employment or employment agreement first too. Okay. My second question is regarding uh, probationary periods. So I'm... If I was to go and work somewhere else, uh, they said that they would have a, a three-month probation period. Is that necessary to agree to it, or can you ask them not to put it in, or how does that work generally? Yeah, I would say most employment agreements I see uh, do have a three-month probationary clause. Uh, they're permitted to do it, um, and they can terminate your employment during that time and not give you any termination pay whatsoever. Uh, you can absolutely negotiate that and see if they'll remove it. Though, are you leaving? Are you thinking about leaving a, a job, a secure job, for another one? Is that what's going uh, on? Possible, yeah. Yeah. So, in those circumstances, I mean, you're giving up, you know, secure employment, and um, so you know, in, in most cases, you will have some leverage to to negotiate those terms uh, terms of employment. And that would be one of them. If you know, I think one that makes sense is to say, you know, I'm leaving my job. I'm, I have to quit this you know, job that you know I, I'm doing well at. I don't want to just, no. you know, go over there and get let go within the first two months. So um, that's absolutely something you can negotiate. Okay, because you just did like basically, uh, from what I understand, the way you've explained it, they really don't need a reason to let you go during those first three, three months. It's it's they're only doing this to limit their liability. Is that correct? The, yeah, absolutely. They're doing it to li- limit their liability, but they don't need. To, I mean, they c- they don't need a reason to let you go at any time. Um, mm-hmm. They, you know, it could be a year, ten years, thirty years. An employer does not need a reason to let someone go. They just have to provide severance pay. And if you have a probationary period, um, then you're let go during those first three months. You'd get nothing. And you also have to be careful about having uh, whether there's a termination clause in there that limits your entitlements mm-hmm. upon termination. Uh, appreciate the call, Peter. Going to move on to uh, to Brad. Hi, Brad. Good evening. Hey, Brad. Is it Brad or Fred? Um, I, I have Brad here. Uh, you're asking there's a difference between termination pay and severance pay? Yeah, it's Fred. Uh, yeah, okay, Fred, Fred, go ahead. Employment standards, what's the difference between termination pay and severance? Good I have question. an employment contract that says I get um, severance, but also I get uh, negotiated with employment uh, standards termination fee plus any severance. So mm-hmm. what's the difference between the two? They're trying to say my termination fee is partially taken by the severance. So termination pay under the Employment Standards Act is uh, up to eight weeks, and yeah, it, it maxes out. Years. So you'd get eight weeks of termination pay. Is your employer's, would your employer's payroll be over $2.5 million annually? Doubt it. How many employees do they have in Ontario? Um, 12, 13. Yes, they wouldn't. So you would not be entitled to severance pay under the Employment Standards Act. Severance pay under the Employment Standards Act, you, the company has to have 2.5 million payroll annually in Ontario, and you have to have five years of service. So if you worked at right. a big enough company, you would be entitled to about 10 weeks of severance, of severance pay under the Employment Standards Act. So now, what I'm getting at is I've got a term. So I have in my employment contract six months severance, 
Okay. And then shouldn't I get my termination pay plus, it says ESA plus my severance. So wouldn't I get both? Well, what that means is, is you're, if it says you get your termination pay under the Employment Standards Act plus severance pay, yes. then it's not restricted to the Employment Standards Act, and severance pay can refer to common law severance pay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I would say, and so how old are you? 50. 50, and you've been there for 10 years? Yeah. What type of position do you have generally? Senior manager. You'd probably get somewhere around 12 months, and it could be even more. Okay. Uh, and it should be all forms of compensation too. Okay. So have you been? Have they let you go? Um, it's it's probably gonna happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what I would do is, um, you know, get once they do, uh, give us a call and we can review that uh, severance package with you. In and, and we'd want to review the termination uh, provision in the employment agreement as well. But are they? But are they mutually exclusive? Exclusive? You know, you know what I'm saying is, is that one one is termination pay under ESA, one is. A, a negotiated contract for, you know, employment agreement, termination, severance. So if if for some reason you have a contract that says you get termination pay plus severance yes, pay. That's exactly what I have. Okay. Uh, I mean, I need to see the, the, the full contract to really tell you what the, con- what the contract means and how it would be interpreted. Um, right. But what I can tell you is ESA termination pay is included in common law severance pay. So if you were entitled to 12 months of severance pay at common law, eight weeks of that is ESA termination pay. Hmm. So what you're saying is, from what I understand is, it actually could say you get common law plus ESA. Is that normal? That sound, is that a regular thing on a contract? I wouldn't say it's that common, but I've definitely right. seen it before. Um, yep. And uh, cool. if that's the case, it'll come down to the wording in the contract. All right, Fred, you want to uh, call afterwards, you can do so. Reach out to get a hold of uh, of Dave or Lior anytime. It's 1-855-821-5900. Email is help at employmenthour.com. Always severancepaycalculator.com as well. You want to find out what you wrote. Back here Wednesday night, same time. The weekend shows, and of course, Employment Hour in 30 happens on Global TV and CTV as well on Saturday and Sunday morning. Till next time, it's been the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio, 